Hello, and welcome to the Chorus Podcast with Stefan Voss. And Bruce Dennell, with Stefan Voss speaking through the pain barrier or the man flu barrier or something. No, 2022 has been... It's what broken, year is man. this? It's yeah. been a, I've been a crock the whole year. I can't understand it. I must be getting old. Dude. But now he's, I he's have a sore muscle and I still am fighting. Shattered his chest. His mm. nose doesn't work. Mm. I don't know. So the thing is... The a wooden take, heart and a dicky bladder. <laughs> <laughs> Takeaway here is that he's still here uh, because he's committed to you, dear listener, singular. And uh, <laughs> we are both committed to you, and we are back here to talk about books and music and the arts and stuff and also things. Yeah, cultural. Um, yes, which we love of the very, very much indeed. Uh, and we will natter on about for a while. What have we got going today? I've got oh. lots of uh, uh, some music things and some TV things. I'm down back to reading Lord of the Rings, so it'll be a I few. A few Greek weeks boy. Of, of no uh, books from me. You're a strange man. Um, and uh, what else? Yeah, some nice Netflixy things and some uh, nice musics that I've been listening to. And you, yes, and yes, you browse. Yes. Um, well, we can chat. We had uh, Mark. Was that only last week? It seems last like a hell of a long time ago. So we'll chat about Mark's show as well. Yep. Uh, Mark Banks, that is. Um, I've got a book called The Genius Test. The Genius Test. Uh, and we have this phenomenal guitar lying on the floor here. Um, and another phenomenal guitar lying on the floor there, which may be picked up and strummed. Amazing. Um, so yeah, there will there will be some this musicy is things. The gift that keeps giving, dear listeners. Um, we have the coffee that has gone up, mm. and we don't like that brand that has put it up. So is yeah. this to do with the petrol price? Do you think, or it, it may have, but uh, the other brands of coffee haven't put theirs up. So there's that. I wonder whether I need to start charging more for my guitar lessons than I do at people's houses. There we drive go. Drive to them. There we go. The petrol. They say it could go over forty rand a liter. With the no, Ukraine. I saw somewhere around that. That's just it can't. It can't. Yeah. Yeah. Because and also half of ours is is levies and also all blah, sorts blah, of blah, blah, So come on, government, anyway, give us a there's, break. There's that stuff. Anyway, let's get away from the terribly depressing stuff because that's not what we have. But what do you want to jump in with? Maybe we can talk about some things that we're listening to because I'd like to just yes. mention a swath of things in passing Heavens and then talk about one or two things that I okay. have you, you swath away. paid attention to of late. Um, there is a new documentary for Brian Wilson called Long Promised Road, which I'm yeah. looking forward to. I haven't seen it, but I downloaded the album. It's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to the new album from Taj Mahal and Rai. So these Rai. are just adverts yeah, now. Yeah, okay. Taj Mahal and Rai Kuda called Get On Board. It's okay. a real kind of old school down home acoustic guitar. Down home. And um, harmonica bluesy thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I jumped into Steve Earle because I saw that oh. Apple Music had eventually um, uploaded an album that I've been looking, to, looking for for a long time called So You Want to Be an Outlaw. And I found that, oh, they've loaded. And then I kind of just went into uh, some of his others, Copperhead Road, which is a mm-hmm. classic of his, mm-hmm. Guitar Town, which was also kind of a standard of his interior playing, which I really enjoyed. Um, the new Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, there's a new album out there. They've released two songs so yes, far. Yeah, they, with John, John Frusciante. My, my initial thought was, this sounds a lot like the Chili Peppers. Yeah, it yeah. sounded, um, the initial song was <laughs> great. Very kind of the usual Frusciante type of Hendrixy clean chords, a la and The Bridge and Californication. And lots of words. And then um, this glorious fuzz Hendrixy solo, which I thought was great. Um, then I revisited Government Meals album that I spoke about yes, a while is. back, Heavy Load Blues, and I still think it is so wonderful for a blues. Anyone that's into blues, Government Mule Heavy Load Blues is great. But the two albums I'd like to actually talk about today, he said, sipping his coffee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Madison Cunningham, who I've spoken of before as a, a young new artist, well, newish artist, who um, whenever um, musicians on the YouTube and wherever it is of a certain age, Bruce, we, we're of a certain age. Um, if you call it the YouTube, yeah. then you're of a certain age. Uh, whenever yeah, yeah. they bemoan the state of modern music, um, a la Bieber and so on, and electronic music being made uh, without particular facility on an instrument and so on, um, if they're asked if there's any hope for the music of the world today, um, more than once, in fact more than twice, I've heard the name Madison Cunningham mentioned mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. someone who as, actually as hope for the music industry is, well, Jeep, no, no, not, is not, just someone not, who's not, the not real pressure. deal okay. someone who's actually a musician who's making proper music she's very influenced by the Laurel Canyon sound I hear quite a, quite a bit of Joni Mitchell in her and she does it like you wouldn't you can't bemoan her doing it she's, mm-hmm. I mean if, if you can pull off something Joni Mitchell-esque then more yeah, then you know a lot she, of chords and she, start, absolute, yeah. she absolutely she absolutely, she absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so she released a, a little EP uh, relatively recently called Wednesday Wednesday um, and it's what got some covers I don't know okay I got the extended EP it's got um no surprises by Radiohead in my life by the Beatles and a couple of um, originals as well uh, and it is it she's is. very 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 good <laughs> it's a weird accent then it, it is yeah it is very good music <laughs> no she's uh, she is um, very very talented um, plays the guitar and sings and does them both brilliantly so if you're looking for someone new and contemporary that actually um, musically and as a musician and skill and craft and um, talent I would steer you she might not be your cup of tea but I think she's really 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 good really really nice really nice. Uh, and the last oh actually I've got two more to mention we'll carry on then Daniel Lanois released an Lenoir's. album yes Lenoir's Daniel Lenoir's really nice. recent album uh, his most recent I think um, called Heavy Sun and it is absolutely brilliant um, it is it has a like a big gospel kind of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of got into Daniel Lanois again when I was thinking of the way he produced certain albums. Um, listen to the Bob one that Dylan. he Yeah, Dylan's one and the one he did for um, uh, too? the biggest advocate of weed in the world. Oh, uh, Trigger is his guitar. What's his Willie, Nelson. Willie Nelson. I was going to say Snoop Dogg, but yeah. uh, well, yeah. Yeah, Willie and, and Snoop. Um, so Daniel Lanois uh, producing Snoop yeah, Dogg. Daniel Lanois did uh, an this. album for for Willie Nelson that was also fantastic. Um, Let's make this happen. But Heavy Sun, I just am wanting to find it here, and I had it, and now it is gone. Um, I think it's his most. Re- here we go. Uh, released twenty twenty one, so he may have done something. He's quite prolific, um, and. It's just incredibly, incredibly well produced, as you'd expect with his work, uh, and has this really, really cool, heavy gospel influence with like choirs and guest vocalists and and groove. And uh, so I've really, really enjoyed that. And if you at any point were into Daniel Lanois, I think it's well worth a listen. And then a new band in the sort of R&B, but in old school R&B terms, Black Pumas, or Pumas, okay, wow. depending okay. on how you pronounce them. Um, so there's been a sort of bubbling under resurgence of soul music. Yeah. Uh, it started with Charles, oh man, a soul singer. He died uh, last year or the year before. 
uh, anyway, he was kind of making things. And the brothers, uh, Teski, Teleski, brothers, whoever they <laughs> okay. were. You know yourself, man. I'm, I'm terrible. I'm in, in pain. I'm speaking through, through pain here. Um, so there have been a couple of bands that I've heard of on the periphery that have been doing this mm-hmm. kind of soul R&B vibe. And Black Puma, Pumas, or Pumas, depending on where you are, um, are a new a new band like that. And they also um, are... The album is also called Black Pumas. So I would recommend looking out for that if you, if you want a soul itch to be scratched. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very, very cool. They've got a, a song called No Color which I see they do these songs for change uh, videos oh, you say, yeah. on YouTube where all people all over the world play on the song and I see that song is, is one of the ones that they're doing that those, they're, those they're are great doing, you get yeah. people in all sorts of different countries Colors. and all their, all their different the um, yeah. Inst- yeah, traditional instruments and everything and all linked together some so, some poor engineers editing nightmare. Also, uh, yeah. Also, a twenty twenty one Black Pumas. I've got the expanded deluxe edition, whatever that means. Extra songs Ooh, live yes. in studio. One does like an expanded. Deluxe. Uh, I think you can probably find they've got two albums. The mm. other one was also called Black Pumas. Who knew? Um, That's not at all confusing. From twenty nineteen. Oh, same. Okay, so it's the same. Just album, the not so expanded deluxe. Yeah, no, no, it's been re released. I think maybe they got picked up by a different label. Or I don't know the story, but since you started listening. Um, uh, at, yeah, they call it sort of retro. I guess that's the sort of seventies soul thing. Uh, very, very, very cool. I, I kind of almost think that there's they're a band to watch. I'd very say. nice, very nice. They seem to have, have picked up some traction. Very, very cool vocal. Very good playing. So I recommend Black Pumas, Madison Cunningham, Daniel Lanois, et al. <laughs> et al. People are going to be listening. Who's L? You can call me. <coughs> yes, I saw that. What thing. have you been listening to? Right, well, I've, I found a new podcast, oh, which is good. lovely because another one's not me FOMO. For yes, not well, this into. this you will love. Unfortunately, for your time, um, the yeah, because as we've discussed at length, it's just it's very difficult to find a podcast that you want to sit down and listen to regularly, but the whole thing uh, because time yeah, I listen to When I Drive and it's Everybody yeah. Loves Guitar and really that's the only yeah. Everyone Loves Guitar but that's the thing you found you found something but now and I need to this one so this it's one called A History of Rock Music in 500 Songs oh very nice and it's by a guy called Andrew Hickey which I don't, I don't know anything about other than that he has a fantastic accent Ooh, and really he, know, he's got he's got this wonder I don't know where it's from in England but it's this beautiful accent but it's, it's it, it sounds like one of those when when the BBC was fantastic, okay. Let's let's. I think that's fair to say. Um, back in the you know just when when they were signing or letting people like Monty Python go wild and what, they, at that time in another room somewhere there was some very studious guy who put in nine hundred hours of research mm. on his hour show. Yeah, and very carefully did it, and then Wore published a cardigan and then published and the errata yeah. from his. Show, this guy does this from from his show in the Times forty five minutes after he published, oh. after he he uh, broadcast, just because he felt bad and this was the end. He he could have done it that way, and he had since heard fifteen mm. minutes after getting off air that this one had in nineteen seventy three, in fact not had that experience with that anyway I see him with a severe haircut uncomfortable shoes cardigan jacket maybe a, a cardigan maybe a tweed sort of there must be tweed must be tweed there must be smokes tweed. a pipe wears glasses either way terrible glasses but just fan fantastic I have listened to one whole oh, episode and this okay. is what I'm saying all of these things um, so it, he's on and it's it, in 500 songs he's on I've, I've listened to episode 
Tomorrow Never Knows oh, by the Beatles. Cool. No, but also I did I did scroll back and there's I mean there's fascinating there's songs I just don't know about Is it at all. Song per episode. Yeah. Okay. But th- that sounds like it's okay. It's going to be talk about one song. But what's so lovely, and this is why I am going to stick with this and get many, many more. It takes him. This is how long is this episode? Uh, it is. I don't, can't see here, but it's it's well over an hour. Okay. I think it's it's closer to an hour and a half. Sure. Um, and he gets to the Beatles. Never mind the song. After an hour. Um, <laughs> Because he started, and it's, it's no, but it's beautiful. Because uh, as a music writer, my my dream, which I never got to realize, was to work full time. You know, like a sort of Cameron Crowe experience. Yeah. Was to work for something like Rolling Stone or one of those, and do one of those things where you go and you sit, you pretty much live with somebody for two weeks, yeah. and you just and, and you, you get have into like their mess, and you do this, hours and of la la la, yeah, material. And you get a you know, twenty thousand word epic, mm. you know, and you just it's fantastic you learn stuff you ah it's just beautiful okay. this is that so I mean he starts because it, because it's a psychedelic song because it comes out of all this mm. kind of thinking at the time so you, okay, that's you, you start with Timothy Leary and you go yes. you go through the whole psychedelic movie but fascinating again you and I have read about this stuff we know a fair amount about yeah. this stuff you don't know a lot of these things okay. and that's that's beautiful hmm. um, and he gets to this one and that one and the next thing and it goes on and on and on and on and then you know and they talk and about girls, I'm going to talk about rock and roll get to get to some of the you know to Jeff Emmerich and some of the uh, okay, the um, recording techniques that hadn't been used before and why they would have actually damaged the mics and this and that but they got you this sound which had never been done before amazing and how I they got all of these things by hiring the whole of Abbey Road and right. doing different things at the same time in different rooms and Gosh. blah 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 blah. Also, I mean, you just—I mean, we know also and are big fans of how completely revolutionary the Beatles yeah. were in recording, but you just don't actually realize how when you when you hear the set. Also, this—I don't know how he finds the stuff, but he's got—he's got loops for, you know, just so this is the loop forward, this is the same loop backwards, this is how they did it. Da, 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 you know. <laughs> wow! Um, and also, and just all the way along, because obviously, as the psychedelic era progressed, then this band was influenced, and that band was influenced, and uh, John Lennon was very knowledgeable about what Tiny Tim was doing even mm. though nobody else had heard of him at the time and he wanted George Martin to tell somebody else to do something like Tiny Tim had done three years ago ah it's just it's this beautiful wonderful mind-boggling mind-expanding Timothy Leary journey through in this case the lead-up to and a bit of one song because also I mean Tomorrow Never Knows is not a yeah it's not a peak of no, most people's the, Beatles yeah. experience you know it's the last track on an album it's this it's that I'm it's looking the next at thing. this Bruce a little thing a list of books by author Andrew Hickens got you the Beach Boys on CD so he's also into oh, the Beach Boys man. look there he is big chap lots of lots beard. of beard glasses excellent but just bloody wonderful frankly so again I'm basing all of this on one but I'm also sorry look here this is the intro I think oh, it might goodness. be a transcript but it's I'm just listen I'm, I'm scrolling through reams of writing in the intro to this episode not his whole damn thing the beach boys on cd, CD is three separate books, three separate books. <laughs> so yeah the man the man has a lot to say fortunately and again as somebody who's very snotty about these sort of things he does know what he's saying <laughs> i must just read this blurb from books to read.com about the author andrew hickey andrew hickey is the author at the time of writing of over <laughs> 20 books 
ranging from novels of the occult <laughs> mm. to reference books on 1960s Doctor Who serials. Yes. In his spare time, he is a musician and perennial third-placed political candidate. <laughs> Excellent. Wonderful. So he is a Monty Python character, essentially. Yeah. Um, but, so uh, yes, as I say, I'm, I will Very be listening good. to more of these as we go, but based on this first listen, which take, took a while because of the length of the thing, but it's beautiful, it's worth investing in. Wonderful. You're our uh, kind of people. a history Hickey. of rock music in 500 songs. Uh, as, it's a podcast, mm. and I, I'm listening to it on Spotify. I presume it's all over the place. Um, but it is really, really, if you are interested in that, if you miss music magazines and long, well-written essays about people and stories and features, uh, as I do, then this is in the middle of your ballpark. Can right I tell now. you what my problem is, Bruce? What is your problem? Well, I have many, but one is my phone. It's not my problem, though. Can I tell you about this phone? Tell me about your phone. I. It's now on its third two-year contract thing. Mm-hmm. So I've got it in 20, 2008, whatever it was. It has 16 gigabytes of storage. Um, and... Um, after two years with the phone, they offered me a, an upgrade. So I said, "Yeah, well, give me the same contract, but um, but I'll I won't have a handset." Okay. So it ended up being uber cheap for me. Yeah, it's in there. Um, and then two years went by, and they said, "You're up for renewal again." I said, "It's okay. I'll, I'll renew the contract again, but without a handset." So and then that happened again. So now it's on its third thing, and the problem is I'm only paying like. 220 rand a month for my contract which is 500 minutes and 500 daughters and gigabytes and all sorts of cool stuff but if i was to get a new phone which i now so desperately need that i'm down to like five apps on this phone because it just has no space for anything else um if i get a new phone i'm going to end up paying like 800 rand a month with which i can't afford and the problem is now i don't have the the podcast app on here anymore i don't have i mean i don't even have YouTube or any Instagram, Facebook, nothing's on here anymore. So I think it's quite a good thing, but it's also a super it bad thing. It does mean that you can't listen to these valuable podcasts. Exactly. So I need to somehow buy a phone, a standalone. Maybe I need to get, I don't even, I've never, I've used Apple now for so long that I'm scared of getting a Samsung, which is cheaper, but I don't, it'll take me, does it matter? I don't know. What ridiculous first world problems I have. I see you've grabbed a, a guitar, Bruce. <laughs> Please introduce the guitar. It's a Martin D18 Golden Era, which I looked up on um, Government Mule Warren Haynes' gear page, is a guitar that Warren Haynes plays as well, who knew? It's very, very nice. Um, do you, you don't have like a clasp capo here, mm-hmm. do you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You do, because I need to change capo in the middle of the song. Oh my goodness. Which is, this is one of the, listen to the one that's on the guitar at the moment is one of these screw tight capos, which are beautiful, beautiful. Is it? But you can't clasp it like, say, Jason Mraz. Clasp it to your breast. Who is who I'm trying going to try to emulate here because he does a wonderful cover of this song. Who's that? Jason Mraz. Jason Isbell. Jackson Jason Mraz. Mraz, I say. Jackson Isbell. But, um. Speaking of guitars, Bruce, look at this one here. Trying to emulate Jason Mraz is a bit of a dog show. Fool's anyway, errand. Wait, don't, don't, don't do that. Let's have the song okay. and then we'll talk about that guitar. Maybe you should move back somewhat because your voice gets very loud when you sing. Well, I need to also see the music because I don't know. And if it's going to be high, you're going to be belting and screaming. Fine. Scream to, to the ceiling. All right, so this is a song by Carol King. Mm. It's called Beautiful. Mm. And if you do want to look, one of, well, my favorite version is the version that uh, 
Jason Reyes does with Sarah Bareilles as a kind of walk-on guest. Goodness me. And it's bloody beautiful. Also, she can get a crap load higher than I can. So, well, I, I have no idea how this occurred. I don't know about and her as drug I, proclivities, Bruce. As I say, there is a capo change in the middle here. It might go horribly pear-shaped. It might not. Let's try. You've got to get up every morning With a smile on your face and show the world All the love in your heart People gonna treat you better You're gonna find, yes you will That you're beautiful As you feel Messy, wow, that was messy. Not, some of that was in bad tune at and all. things, you know. Oh, yes, really nice. um, what a great song. I have though. to say, great, great song. Carol King. Carol King knows her biscuits. That is some songwriting when songwriters could still write songs. He said, Songfully. Bemoaning because he's of a certain age. Um, 
Sure, she is so, so brilliant is old Carol King. I know she had a writing partner at one point, uh, was very hesitant to be an artist. Yes. She was comfortable Still writing. doesn't really yeah. believe in herself, I don't think, but, which is but, bizarre. But wow, like what, I mean, those chords, the changes, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Capo change in the middle of the song, which was much messier than anticipated. That's okay, and you had to do the crossover the to crossover do it. Hand, hold the crossover hand, hold the chord, do the goodness, thing behind. Totally, tell you what, what, if only... You could just transpose without capos and play different. Yeah, but it's chords. also it's not you can, it but it's very... not it's not as also fun because I, I think that's the only song I ever play with a capo change. You want to do it. <laughs> yeah. You want to do it. You want to. You want to make. And now it we will attempt <laughs> the infamous capo change midway. Very. Nice. I think what you need to do mm. is you need to move it up another half a step and then have a second capo below it. Can I make a suggestion? And then you move down. Yeah, that's kind of cool. What about a magician's assistant, Bruce? Yes. No, well, you're always, you know, need, always need a beautiful... young lady exactly. in a small, She comes to the whole costume. gig. I play for four straight hours. Yeah. Walks on stage. As time, if she's, time, time. As if she's... And yeah. we're done here. I like this. Announcing the, the um, rounds of a boxing match, kind of that sort of swagger that she comes on with. And I then like she just much. leans over and adjusts the capo for you. Please send... Possibly mopping your brow. As if you, if you are interested in this position, please send your details on a postcard to the chorus podcast Stefan Voss and Bruce Denel at www.com <laughs> lovely um, right so where are we we were talking about uh, things that we are listening to yes we've done that and we've listened to that guitar what about this guitar this, this is guitar beautiful we're only guitar. mentioning because we have a regular listener and this guitar Dutch Hound uh, Savage by Jack as he makes his way out the house to go and bark at someone outside. Uh, this guitar belongs to one of our listeners who is presently in Swedonia. Check us the Swedish. Check us the Swedia. So, nice. Kurt, this is Kurt's new guitar. It is a Gibson Les Paul traditional 100 year commemorative edition. It is very, very beautiful, isn't it? it? Is we are sorry you can't see it. I'll take a picture of it right now and put it on the Facebook page. You must. It's in tobacco sunburst. Um, it has some beautiful appointments. Uh, things that I like about it is the pick guard. I think this was the only year they did this where it just slots in and out of the pickup covers. So if you take it off, you prefer to have the the unadorned body of the guitar in its true um, flamed beauty. You don't have any little uh, holes left where you screw. The, the usual holes you usually screw so that. She said, sorry. Screw that uh, pick guard on. <laughs> um, it has quite a thick neck, so it's kind of a, a tribute to a '59 Les Paul. Okay. Uh, in color, and it's two-piece um, mahogany body, two-piece maple cap, which is nice as well. Hand-wired electronics, which is great. Um, the, the the neck is thick. It's like uh, they talk about a baseball bat neck for those okay. 59. This yeah, is yeah. not quite as thick as that, but it is a, a chunky it's, Yeah, neck. it's noticeably. I mean, just looking at it, played it just now, it is yeah. very noticeably there but also very very easy to play that's it yeah I, I suppose it's also it's not far for somebody like me it's not very far from a, a normal acoustic net a yeah. dreadnought yeah. neck yeah it does have quite a wide fretboard uh so wide at the nut that was something they did to give more sort of wood above the the bottom string and above and below the i mean on either side of the the outermost strings, mm -hmm. so it's quite comfortable to play in that sense. Uh, depending on whether you use your thumb a lot, you might struggle if you if you're trying to curl your thumb over to mm -hmm. play bass notes. But um, it's something that I think you can get used to very quickly in terms of 
of uh, playing a neck like that, but it's it's absolutely beautiful. They it was also the only guitar in this year, twenty fifteen, that Gibson did without weight relief. So Gibson were trying okay. to address the fact that many um, rockers of yore were um, my what threatening <laughs> <laughs> were threatening to send their chiropractic chiropractic bills to Gibson because their backs yes. were stuffed from playing Gibson. That's why, as I said earlier, it's why uh, you know, uh, Slash has never had to go to gym in his life. Yeah, well. But uh, this one is, has no weight relief because, of course, the, the moment they did that, um, everyone then cried foul and said they don't sound as good because they don't have as much wood and sustain in them anymore okay. now that they've been drilled, you know, hollow places drilled out for weight relief. So this doesn't have weight relief. I have played others without weight relief that are properly back-breakingly heavy and this is not it's heavy but it's not it's not going to immediately send you into traction so Kurt uh, will make a very very beautiful object it's going to go to Fouché guitars in uh, Rodeput to uh, be set up and given Grant's special TLC and then um, at some point either someone will come here or someone will go and visit uh, our friend Kurt Sweden wise and will take it with him and he, I'm sure, will be drooling over our words and pictures of it until it arrives there for him. But uh, Kurt, this is Cabernet, uh, and you're going to love it, I know. It is very, very special. Indeed. And it's quite nice as well in terms of being a 100-year commemorative. I mean, uh, you can talk about what makes guitars collectible and so on, but any little something, little something special is, it does add to, I believe, um, sort of collectability. So uh, should you ever want to sell it on or just, are concerned about its value and so on that's a nice little touch as well as being part of a, a hundred year a Les Paul commemorative series and they've taken Les Paul's signature and they've put it inlaid it into the neck into the headstock there with the hundred it's quite nice yes indeed they didn't hold his dead fingers <laughs> no, no, I don't think they did that maybe they did did you know that Les Paul as a young man broke his I didn't arm yes and the doctor said we can set your arm. It was a bad break. We're going to set your arm, but once we've set it, that's it. Your elbow will not be able to move from that position. Yes, I remember. Yes. So they, so they said, okay, bring weird, my guitar. Vibe. Yeah, yes, and, that's it. And he, he positioned his hand <laughs> for playing guitar. He said, okay, now you can set the arm. And that was his arm for the rest of his life was bent at that particular angle. Which is, which is commitment. It's the sort of commitment we can get behind. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. Oh, we can get behind and give a swift push. Oh. Groaning. Yeah, this is uh, the old Stefan speaking now. It also has a very beautiful case, it must be said. Yeah, this 2015. Oh, Gibson case, very nice. Apparently you can drop it from 20 meters and it'll be fine. Who let's knows? try. Yeah, let's. So Kurt. Kurt. <laughs> Someone else said I should say that the sale went wrong. I got gypped and it's actually an Epiphone guitar in there when I send it to Kurt. I just put an Epiphone in there. <laughs> Then Kurt says, why are you playing such a nice Gibson Les Paul? Oh, no, no, no. I, I, uh, it was given to me by uh, a homeless man. <laughs> right, Anyways, what are we moving on to? about guitars. Are we watching or are we reading? Um, well, you can mention your reading because I don't have reading. I've started my beautiful hardcover cloth on board red um, Lord of the Rings in three uh, books series with illustrations by Alan Lee on beautiful glossy paper. And I'm nearly finished uh, the Fellowship of the Ring, the first book and i must say I, I am enjoying it so much bruce tell me tell me it's probably like i was thinking about this the other day I, I, you know i love literature i love all kinds of literature post-colonial literature i love literature i love magic realism i love uh, all these con amazing contemporary authors 
but for pure Stefan just pleasure enjoyment if I can sit down in a comfortable chair with my barber blanket across my knees a cup of coffee on one side and a glass of whiskey on the other with either Terry Pratchett Douglas Adams or J.R.R. Tolkien's I am that's pretty much as good as it gets for me possibly with a something very nice to eat uh, yeah, chocolate uh, or something uh, exactly um, but yeah some sort of that uh, I mean I, I'm really really enjoy I enjoy the language I enjoy the story I enjoy so much of it all these and you see all these sort of tropes that are so have been so influential in so much fantasy and sci-fi writing that has followed on from Lord of the Rings and also why it was so influential right through to um, Led Zeppelin songs talking it is, about it's, Gollum the evil one and I often wonder about the nature of influence I think we've had a, some sort of chat about this but that kind of thing I wonder if it's down as with the this chapter we've just talked about now whose name we will get used to Andrew Hickey yes just the amount of work that something somebody puts into so J.R. Tolkien great case in point made up a whole friggin language yeah, or was, several initially this started as this exercise as a study. language yeah, yeah this so but I mean it's just and maps, obviously and a, big, a big book is a lot of work and, and there's a lot of that kind of thing in you know any something about the middle ages with you're based yeah. on the middle ages yeah they've got the Historic family trees, and whatever. Yeah. cool so we know people do a lot of work but um, I wonder if the influence is down to, and you know, possibly almost unhealthily, somebody being so completely immersed in something that it's the immersion, it's the complete commitment to. Mm. You know, so Jimmy Page, interesting dude in terms of his many commitments to strange things, and yeah. among them happily guitars and guitar playing. But um, you know, but just that he go if he goes, oh, I, I get this kind of guy. You know, I don't know if you ever met Tolkien or, or you know, if you studied mm. him particularly, mm. or if you just liked the, the stories. But um, if you just, I just get this headspace, and and my mom doesn't, and my friends don't. So yeah. this is this is my friend, and this is where I'm going to go. I, I'm almost, you know, here even in South Africa. So J.R. Tolkien was a South African, um, but you find glamorous city of Bloemfontein. Yes, but you find suburbs in South Africa with Tolkien yes. uh, yeah. street names, yeah. and every now and then I'll see like. Lothlorien dry cleaners, or whatever. you know, like people have named their companies yeah. after. Um, I think of Terry Pratchett as well, who who invented the disc world. So now I'm just picturing elves spinning, and uh, <laughs> he has the the twin cities of Ankh-Morpork. Yes, and he has all these streets and places, and that he started introducing into books, but then he quickly realised that there had to be there had to be a continuity so you can't have someone running down the the street of cunning artifices and then down the alley of yes, so people so would know. and then yeah so so now people um you know other people who who've been involved in the ephemera of discworld have released maps where you can actually follow and and see from in the book oh this is where he walked past here and then he went to the mended dr drum or whatever yes, it was yeah. and, they, and they have to all work exactly. in all the books uh, i know uh, neil gaiman's also had a a thing about that interview he's talked okay. about that and just how he's got caught out before because he forgot yeah, that yeah, this that happened and she went there and whatever Amazing. yeah right um, so what have you been reading okay so else? I've got, got through something called oh, yeah. the genius test okay and and a little, in the middle of it I, I did fine actually okay. which is quite cool can you master the world's hardest ideas now I don't know yeah, uh, okay you know, ideas by a guy called Giles Sparrow well yeah again it's it's a it, yeah. 
that's slightly misleading. There are some ideas that I cannot. From master. a knowledge point of view, mm. it's it's a, it's an excellent it's an excellent intro to a very wide range of knowledge. I'm going to make a another um, typography or, or the way publishing complaint though. Okay. Because this this, this is the biggest downfall for me. It, the writing is tiny, tiny. not tiny. and which is not a thing from a reading point of view or do you need glasses or it's that it, it's more tiring mm. to read and it's also it's that you get um, and this I do know as an editor and a publisher and whatever or a, a writer, is that if you just get to a, a page which is just densely, densely full of text, it's that you, you don't want to yeah. as much. You, you, <laughs> you know, visuals, visuals are needed. It's music. Away. It's like why yeah. you add music to TV or mm. you know visuals to music and so on. Anyway, so it's that is not in its favor, but it does fit its format. So every every topic that they do, I think it's kind of four pages on each. And then they've got, they start some modern art here. I've just opened the book. And it says, a little question thing there. It says, are you a genius? And it asks you five true or false questions, which you just answer in your head or whatever. Then it goes, 10 things a genius knows. Now, again, it's tongue-in-cheek. It's tongue-in-cheek. It's fine. But it tells, you know, so then it, it, what is modern art? And in this case, you know, Japonism, Impressionism, Modernism, blah, blah. It's all sorts of uh, breakups of that particular area. Um, and then it's got a, a thing which says, uh, talk like a genius, which is some quotes from from people in that field and then you then you can score yourself okay on what you on the so on the previous spread there were right. these questions now you can score you so you've got you can, obviously you can cheat but um, um you can just see if i may not you be clever, get a sense. But i'm very good at cheating <laughs> but you can get a sense of what you know which is quite lack of okay. because i mean again somebody like you, you and i we were art fans we yes. know a little bit but we probably aren't ex well we're not we're no. not experts in modern art, but no. we do know more than average, probably. Probably. And I then did if you, art to Matrix, And then so if yeah. you answer that, you can go, well, okay, I was wrong. I got one out of five of sort of basic questions. Yeah. And then right at the end, there's this thing of um, uh, the bluffer's summary. So, oh, okay. so again, which is quite, it's quite useful. <laughs> That's quite cool. We don't, like um, somebody I know seems to think that people talk about all these kind of things around bries, which they just really don't. Mm. Um, <laughs> Not our And uh, I mean, the, the old metaphor used to, or, or whatever, uh, idiom used to be something about, you know, sort of water, water cooler water talk. Water cooler talk, yeah. yeah. Um, bollocks. Yeah. Nobody so talks about agree. modern art. But anyway, um, it is this kind of thing where, where if you're in a situation with somebody who's vaguely intelligent right. and, and, and well-read or traveled or anything else, you can, you can have a good chat on that score it's a great book because it does it gives you a lot of that kind of that sort of stuff that stores up in some little mm. random place in your brain which you don't really Trivial know why it's there knowledge but it'll come up like you know the Reisman hypothesis and Goldbach's conjectures I didn't do very well on that at all okay. um, post-capitalism uh, conservatism liberalism and socialism so, which are all things you need to watch Fox News with um, you know, Schrodinger's cat etc yes, etc et so Feynman's lecture on physics you know what I can't even remember I'm not even going to promise. Genes so and DNA. There's a guy called Richard Feynman. Um, I can't remember. He's a foreign guy, a Nobel laureate, who had something called the Feynman Lectures on yeah, Physics, yeah. which is very famous because um, it's a series of lectures, and it's called. He was called the Great Explainer. Okay. And it's kind of <laughs> even if you know nothing about physics, his wife hated it. Yes, absolutely hated the, the Great Mansplainer. <laughs> um, Richard Feynman developed uh, did this series of lectures where where generally if you've got a modicum of intelligence you can actually understand physics and string theory and so on and I remember there was even a graphic novel that was released um, the Feynman and I read it and I followed it followed it followed it and got completely lost ah. so I managed to to follow the thinking up to a point but at some point it was beyond me as I to think what string I'm very theory happy though, and the and mathematics and, uh, I think it. this is a very good place 
to be in your life to to go I am happy to concede that at this point I can't do it no no no, no. Um, yeah I, I, as I get it's, older it's, and it's I absolutely realize fine. it's fine it's, there really isn't any insecurity about no, it it's I not. know I'm intelligent but there are things that I'm intelligent in and things that are yeah. beyond me and but you see that's it's a night uh, I just a lot of mates at the moment and it, you know, it's it's to do with the world and you know mm. coming out of COVID and now there's a war coming happening but people are just uncertain you know and you're just going but they, it reflects inwardly for some of these these people these beautiful people and they're just kind of I don't you know I don't know how to manage in an uncertain world and you're going okay but you know it's half past eight yeah have some breakfast exactly you know cool when, when we're done with breakfast do the thing anyway so the genius test by yeah, Giles Sparrow I think it's I think it's probably best as something that you literally have on your coffee table yeah. or, or next to the loo or on the end of the shelf or whatever yeah. and you and you, you read one now and then and reread one now and then yeah. and, and that's nice have, like you it. know when you have having somebody for coffee you pick it up and blah 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 um, as I say it, it's, it's a small sort of format book what is that A5 yeah. I suppose A5 hardcover it, it probably could have just, just for the, the easier to readness yeah. layout wise uh, could have been a bit bigger so that's my one complaint but it's not a massive one and then a lot of the stuff obviously the, the topics if they don't particularly appeal to you but that again is why it might be a good pick it up put it down kind of book um, pick it up put and it also down, if you if you want to if you get into some random argument and parents if you have intelligent I don't know let's, let's say hypothetically 16 year old daughters um, who ask you very complicated questions that you can't actually answer at the time there might Where be something babies come no that's that's less complicated yeah, well I oh, know, um, <laughs> but it's a case of like so you you can go oh, wait okay let's see what they say about capitalism here how they explain it because I know what it is yes but can I explain that in a in a way that a sixteen year old blah 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 gosh um, yeah read this yeah or or just talk about it and okay. you've got something to refer to so you know what is the Higgs boson blah 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 yes yes, yes. Um, the God so very particle. nice it's this heavy goodness um, yes enjoy the genius test Giles Sparrow. Very nice. good. All right, are we TVing? Let's talk about filming? it. I have something that I gave up on, Bruce, in the spirit of our new giving yes. up on things. Nice. Inventing Anna. Oh, yes. I've heard of. Do I not need to wash it? Um, you I, can. That sounded it, like I said it, wash it. It, it yeah. Uh, not needed to be washed. I've been a fan of Julia Garner since season one of Ozark. Yes. She stars as a... It's based on a real person, Anna... We don't quite know what her surname is in the whole story because I didn't finish watching it completely. She's known as Anna Delvey or Anna Sorokin. Um, and apparently she hoodwinked the la-di-da of a New York society and the rich and the famous, the great and the good, as well as numerous banking institutions yes. and so on and defrauded all kinds of things. And she's in jail. Can I ask, because everybody else is kind of asking it in their heads in terms of Netflix, did you see the Tinder swindler? I didn't. Okay. I know. So I'm, it, wondering, I, I'm yeah. wondering if so it's, it's something. Yeah, there's a few of them now at the moment that have, that have caught on in the public uh, consciousness or imagination as these uh, true stories of people who've been hoodwinked and so on. Um, so inventing Anna... Um, it's a fascinating story. Um, it stars the girl who was the little girl in My Girl, My Girl with Macaulay Culkin. She was well, the little girl. So yeah. she is now a journalist, plays this journalist who's investigating the story. Mm -hmm. I get that we watched, I think my wife and I watched the first three episodes before we said, okay, we've had enough. Um, I imagine that as you're going to get to the conclusion, like the last episode, I think is going to be brilliant. 
but it is so drawn out. They make such a mouthful. So of, sorry, is it, it's 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 is it kind of like one of those true crime type of? It, no, no, this no, is a little bit fictionalized. More, okay, but it's it's kind of that sort of feel. Sorry, no, no, I'm it's, asking it's for like the, a, tinder, the no. tinder swindler. I'm no, it's not the tinder swindler. I know, but they're, they're, that's based on truth, blah, blah, blah. But it's done very much in a sort of kind of supposedly quite fluid documentary thing. But yeah, it's the same thing. This is not documentary. This is out. a TV series okay. made on the... Based so so, so, so the documentary on, might yeah, be much better. This is like actors and it's a whole story and it could okay. just be a movie, but it's actually based on a true story kind of vibe. Okay. Um, Julia Garner is very good in it. Um uh, very convincing. Um, the accent is really weird because uh, you don't know whether this person is from Russia or from Germany. There's a lot of um, uh, uncertainty as to where, who she is and what story she's telling, but she has this very, very strange accent. Um, so now I can't, and stop. People, now I can't yeah. stop seeing, So people have hearing, watched it and gone, Steve what, is, in my head. Yeah, what is Julia Garner doing <laughs> this stupid accent for? But apparently the real Anna, whoever she is, has I'm this... Picture, what's the guy's name from, from the... the Strange Drew. accent. Drew in the uh, Minions movies. Okay. Steve Carell's character, the Russian. Oh, Grew. Grew. There we go. Yeah. I can't stop hearing that voice now. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I'm sure it, it is a movie. fascinating story. You know, there's books about it. There's all sorts of things, um, but it's it's far, far, far. In my opinion, far too drawn, drawn out. out. Like yeah. each episode is this huge thing that I think is not necessary. Like like there's these characters around her, and each episode focuses so far. It looks like on each on one of these characters, and whether how incidental they are to her story, I'm not sure. But anyway, I gave up on it, and I'm sure if I watched maybe the last episode, it'd be absolutely fascinating to see her bring these financial institutions, and where you actually realize that it's all a uh, all a big act and so on. Yeah. But I gave up on that. Uh, I did watch, speaking of Steve Carell, the season two of Space Force. Yes, yes. Which I think we spoke about the first one. It's Greg Daniels who did The Office. Uh, I think he was involved in Parks and Rec as well. Brilliant comedy writer. Um, so the shows that he's been involved in before, he worked with Steve Carell in The Office, have been very much the mockumentary. Yes. This is a not... Oh, no, this is kind of mockumentary as well. They also do have these things where, where the characters speak to the camera. Okay. But it's not quite... What What I found difficult about the first one is uh, the premise is not a very bog-standard, ordinary, humdrum existence where all these characters are now wonderful and, and strange. This is Space Force. It's the American Donald Trump yeah, has, so yeah, has yeah, given... Yeah. It. So it's very kind of um, glamorous space, NASA, and this force. and so, so that, for me, actually detracted from, from the quirkiness of the characters. Yeah, but that, that was kind of the case in... Uh in the first in the first series is it is it not they haven't yeah. fixed it no no it was, and I'm saying that was the thing that we spoke about okay, with the first yes, series yeah. so in the second series because now that you're more that's more normalized for you I think it works better in the second series okay. and I feel like they've really are starting to hit their stride now uh, in this second series I think all the characters are great there's some fantastic actors in it um I love Marty Schwartz who was also in um The Office uh, or oh no in Parks and Rec at least um, uh, he played oh, I can't remember his name fa fa a really great character it's got um, 
David War- Warburton. Yes, oh, fantastic. Uh, as a, as a little, and, and the girl, the lady. It's not the girl, enough anymore. The lady who played the gym coach in Glee, who's wonderful. Uh, she Jane, did, yeah, yes. she played all the, the, the doc- mockumentaries, where yes, Mighty yeah. Wind and all. She's in it, but quite incidental characters. So, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful cast. Um, Steve Carell is, is, is great in it. Um, Who's that bizarre actor being John Malkovich? John Malkovich is <laughs> wonderful in it. Who's in that movie being John Malkovich? Yeah. Who's that guy? Who's that guy? He's great. So, so I, I thought the second season was better than the first, and I'm, I think there'll be a third season. Okay. Um, so it was great. Fair and the nice, last thing that I've, yes, I've watched yes, nice. um, that I'll mention mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is so I gave up of on after the first episode, but now I've revisited, is The Witcher. Oh, yes. With Henry Cavill. Henry so, with hair. Yes. So it was... Um, Netflix's big answer to the gap left by Game of Thrones. Yes. So it's very fantasy, swords and elves. Henry, while he is a good-looking man, does not have breasts. Okay, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, But I will say there are far more breasts in The Witcher than there are in Game of Thrones. Almost every female character is naked at some point, uh, and a lot. Now they'll spike. So so there you are. Um, I actually have to say that I watched both seasons now and I've really enjoyed it. I think they've, they've built onto what they accomplished with Game of Thrones in terms of the scenes and the settings and the buildings and the, the castles. And the, it's, it, you know, if that's your thing, the first episode for me was... Mm. I gave up in the first season as well, so okay. I don't know if I'll revisit, even, even with all the breasts. Well, yeah. So I, I've revisited and I've really enjoyed it. I've just it, Maybe it's because I've been reading this Lord of the Rings and whatever, but I'm in that sort of mindset and the as I say the settings and the craggy mountaintop fortresses and all mm. that kind of stuff I've, I've really enjoyed there's also a British actor who plays the bard who sings all these songs and he's quite um, Britishly funny sort of witty and self-deprecating and um, so I'm enjoying I've enjoyed his character um, and the story is great it's both based on books originally I thought it was just a game someone said oh I've played the game so oh, okay they've made the story about the game there's not much plot mm-hmm. going on but it's actually based on a books from a Polish author and there's a lot of the, what you'd find in the fantasy the the child who's inheriting the throne but then is lost and now she discovers she has these powers and wow, all the usual yeah. rubbish but rubbish. Um, it's incredibly incredibly Welsh I don't know how expensive it's been but wow. I heard incredibly Welsh Incredibly Welsh um, and shot. <laughs> Incredibly well shot. Um, very, very cool. I've actually enjoyed it, and, um, and it may have more to do with just being in the right kind of mood for it. It is interesting, moment. though, that because, again, I have, um, I have no desire to go back to it, despite your... Which is a bit pointless, really. Uh, but, you know, this is also because I'm watching a bunch of other stuff, so I may, I may get back there, but it's... Oh, it's funny... Yeah, it, it, the, the, the desire to go back to something that you didn't like at yeah. all a while ago is, is quite funny but anyway that's a separate anyway issue. so I've, I've enjoyed it lovely lovely right uh, let me chat a couple, couple ch- let me chat about a couple of things you chat about right, a couple so of things right so one thing that I did watch uh, on a stage oh yes um, Mark so Banks. Mark Banks was here last week and we just had a Mask about fat Banks. blast and then we all went out for breakfast afterwards which was very wonderful lovely. First time I really do think that all our guests should do that for us um, so well there's done, that. Mark. Um, but it's a show called Mask About Face at the Theatre on the Square. And by the, the time you hear this, um, there should be a couple of shows left this week, this okay. weekend. And this this weekend, I'm talking about, what are we now, 10th, 11th? It is the 11th today. So 11, 12, 13, there will be shows on those days, I think. So uh, if you are around and you like good comedy, get to Theatre on the Square in Santon. But um, yeah, Mark's, Mark, Mark's, Mark, Mark, Mark. 
is, as we mentioned last week, he can be a very, very surreal, surrealist type performer, which can get quite confusing if you're not able to keep up. Or, as in this case, he can he can not do that and just be very smart and mix a lot of smart and acerbic uh, observations, but with mix them with empathy. So you get this lovely mix of mm. mild bonkersness. I mean, he starts as the Phantom from Phantom of the Opera <laughs> with a boat made out of uh, found materials. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, and, uh, you know, and just, and it, it doesn't get much less bonkers than that. My, my biggest recommendation for the show is that it had a very, very high ratio of belly laughs to 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 normal kind okay. of oh, smiles and grins. Yes. Um, so, you know, any decent comedy, and I, that needs saying is that, in my experience as a comedy critic, probably 90% of comedy gigs that I go to are crap, but properly bad. Yeah, I can't, I can't do um, comedy so for that very reason. Of the 10%, Anything in the ten percent is is something that is just. Why some is in, that, Bruce? Hold on. There's some intelligence, and and you get a grin, and and it's good natured or something. That's all good. And then in the one percent, probably, belly are laughs. things that make you belly laugh at all. And so this is less than one percent. Just and but also again, it wasn't just me. It wasn't because we had a lovely experience with Mark the day before, or whatever it was. Da 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 da. There were others um, in the audience. Everybody. Okay. It was just there was possibly some unintentional urination right there were there were tears throughout okay. um spilled drinks you know it, it just which just feels incredibly good as well yeah. you forget how good it is to belly laugh solidly for for over an hour um yeah about 50 minutes and he goes right let's get on with the show um etc <laughs> etc et but uh, it really yeah I'm, I'm not gonna spoil it for you if you do go watch it it's it, it's it's observational stuff it's not uh yeah, it's not cliched. Again, so many observational comics are just yes, I I know that obviously. Da, da, da. There's Jack, no, there's no, um, yeah, there's no insight. Yeah, there's insight, and as I, as I mentioned, empathy. But again, for your bang for your comedy buck, you want belly laughs. You're going to get a crackload of them here. So go and see that. Excellent. Um, well done, Mark. Quickly mentioning the Tinder swindler because it ties into yes. what? What about Anna? What is inventing Anna. inventing Anna? So the Tinder swindler, obviously, big. Uh, trending thing on 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 the, the netflix apparently there's a south african tinder swing oh who cares um real way. i saw somebody comment on facebook uh sort of or something your daughter should watch which maybe but my my thing again it, it is it is what it what it says there's a guy on twin on, on twindler on <laughs> tinder who uh you know he's he's very rich and good looking and this and that according to his profile and he just you know the first date he literally i mean bonkers you know, takes people to separate different countries and five-star hotels and private jets and blah, blah, blah. And so they fall for all of this and then fraud happens and he swindles money out of them. Okay. I won't give too much away. But it's one of these things where you watch and it's so much, as so much happens in celebra- at celebrity level, celebrity status seems to give you immunity from being sensible. So, you know, you'll, you'll know a lot of... Uh, you know, people who are famous for being on TV, mm. which is not the same as being famous for having talent or anything like that. Um, and, and these women, yes, sure, they got, they got caught, um, but they made a series of very, very bad decisions. And it, it doesn't really call them on it. 
You know what I mean? The the show doesn't really call them on it. The well, the documentary. So the guy is is a dumbass. He is a gangster. He does, you know, he he's an operator. He knows how to work the system. Um, but you know, if if you Steph are you know looking looking for love and this and that and the next thing and you go out on a couple I'm of dates. Not. Um, but let no, but let's say if somebody asked you three dates in, you know, something had happened. Can I borrow five hundred bucks? You're gonna you you're going to be very suspicious. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, let me not. Okay, I'll run that for you now. But how how would you feel? Three dates in, somebody asks you, or two dates in, somebody asks you for red flag. Red flag. Absolutely. All right. So five hundred, but five hundred bucks because you're a kind-hearted dude and this and that. Blah blah. blah five hundred bucks, you might at a push, lend, and then when it doesn't come back, you might go, this is a problem. But now you've already red flagged once when she asked, and when it doesn't come back, you're going, this is a problem. I'm in a I'm in an abusive something or other here. Yeah, so if she cool. asked for fifty thousand rand. You see what I'm saying? So it's a case of there's this really bonkers, you know, push here. And and again, we talked about it earlier, just in an empathetic way about <clears throat> here people who are really negatively affected by the state of the world at the moment, and they can't really handle it. And here you've got that that there's nothing negative there. It's you know it's it's tough, man. We we need to be gentle with each other. Um, but by the same token, if there are fifteen red flags in a row. You need to you need to own it, man. You need to take some responsibility. So that's the Tinder swindler, um, and then the other one. I just want to quickly chat about. I know we honing on a bit here, but I, I caught up with uh, Echo in the Canyon, which I think you talked about yes, some some very Canyon much time story, ago. Very much, so. which is just so completely my vibe. Very um, very the place cool. and the well, I don't know the place because LA I think is is also dark as as much as you put mythology and yeah. yeah. You know, but just so many wonderful people. I didn't realize or had forgotten or whatever that it was Jacob Dylan just mm. essentially yeah. calling a bunch of mates. Oh, so and good. I, my favorite moment is that he's talking to, I think, David Crosby. Um, and David's recalling some story from the 60s and blah, blah, blah. You know, and then Dylan walked in. And Jacob just has a completely straight face. He goes, you're going to have to be more specific. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just love. Um, but it is, yeah, essentially on the, on the downside... If you're not a fan, you know, relative to, and let's recall his name again, Andrew Hickey's kind of intense prep. Mm. Um, Jacob hasn't done any prep yet. He's just called a bunch of mates. Mm. And the, the, there's, there's a looseness to it, which is lovely if you're just watching it for the bloody beautiful music and the amazing stories. And Brian Wilson, our favorite man, mm. walking in and sitting down at the piano and telling them to do whatever key the hell they want. Um, you know, but it's... Just there is this there music. is this it's just oh, but it's, it's just beautiful. Jacob talking to famous yeah. people from the era uh, Tom Petty oh, and again, that was hard for me yeah. as, a, as a huge fan of a lot of people who are gone mm. uh, just to see that beautiful beautiful music um, lovely contemporary people getting involved uh, and the sense of just being able to do that was also quite hard for me. just like you know you and I would love to spend the rest of the day today faffing about with some musical project mm. and not having to worry about cash and this and that and the mm. next thing um, so lucky them and also those live recordings that you know it keeps flashing cool. to that whole big studio with all of them playing live in yeah. their different corners and, and acoustic boxes and things um, it is yeah it's phenomenal music it really is fantastic there's We've lovely been stories with some great music stuff yes uh, American Epic was great uh, Country Music by Ken Burns was incredible yep. but Echo again in the and this is the point of this very podcast 
you need to get off your ass and go and listen or watch yeah. or see and whatever. So Echo in the Canyon for anybody who likes folk rock at all in any Netflix form. Now, yeah. yeah. Um, you have to go and see it. But do note it's it's indulgent. Yeah. It is. But but in the best possible best way. way. I yeah. also like that the Jacob Dillard has like three expressions and none of them is particularly exuberant. Um, so he always looks like he's vaguely bored. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then when he puts sunglasses on, it's even worse because you don't see his eyes. He, it's just he does like, look super cool. Though. Yeah, of course. Um, and the playing, oh, there's a lovely also moment where he's playing with Beck. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of duets on, in this live show that is, is also, it's a connection for all of the stuff. He's setting up a live show mm. I think, to raise money and stuff. But Beck is, is singing with him. And as a musician, you know that these collaborations are wonderful, but you know it also will have been tough to have enough rehearsal and this yeah, and that. Yeah. So you know on the night, the backing band is probably all session guys. They're, or maybe it's, maybe it's Jacob's band, maybe it's the Wallflowers, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but they're all great. You, you can rely yeah, on them yeah. a hundred times out of a hundred. But the, the new guy, the collaborator or the new lady, is probably gonna bugger it up. Um, <laughs> and so there's a beautiful thing where Beck is looking quite careful and getting it, and then there's a little sort of instrumental break, and you, they film, they have the camera on Jacob's face, and he, he mouths the words la 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 la, and then they they head into the la 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 section, and it's, but it's just you can see cool, oh, we are here now. now yeah. um, and then there's another another nice thing for me, a lady called Jade, okay, is a singer. I, it's the only place I've ever seen. I'm going to go look her up. Um, like uh, Phillips, who was Michelle Phillips, yeah. Um, from the mamas and the papas, Puppets, yeah. very similar, and she's trying. Phillips, she's kind of playing that role, the Michelle Phillips. Okay. You know, in in the tribute scene, she's singing mm. those lines. But she's just got an amazing voice, like better than many of her more famous people. Yeah. Uh, uh, collaborators there, but also just this, she just loses herself in the, mm. in every. It's beautiful, man. Um, so I'm gonna go look her up. I think interesting, Jacob uh, did. Because if you if you think of the the pressure that Bob was under and how he responded to to that, by, yeah. by the only way he could respond to that level of fame without taking the twenty seven clubs way out was to become this grumpy man that refused yes. to do what and anyone expected him to do, and that was his way of surviving. Yeah. But can you imagine? He really committed by having a motorcycle accident. He did. Yeah. Can you imagine the pressure on Jacob Dylan to who's decided now I'm going to be a musician? Yeah. But I'm Bob Dylan's son. I mean, it's on that on that score, and you know this is editor. You do, but on that score, also watching, watching him sing here, and watching him sing with, you know, the likes of Nora Jones, and I, I mentioned her just because just sublime yeah. musician. But you watch him sing with people like that. He's just he's so good. Yeah, yeah. He's just so. But I don't know good. how he's managed to stay sane under yeah. under the the kind of spotlight well, probably, that he must have been probably on. Probably that his dad isn't putting the pressure on him. You know yeah, I mean? but I still think it's yeah. it's quite. Um... I think, look, I think it's possible again, depending, on, depending on the relationship. It's it's possible to just go ah, the hell with it, shut up, man. Yeah, I think you that's know? the only way to. I'm be, making it just becomes more complicated. Of, I'm, I'm making Jacob X amount Dillon. of money a, a week. I'm going to form a band called The Wallflowers. We're going to release an album. We have some success with the album. Now, now it's even worse. Now I've got some success. Now how do you I? See, I don't. I don't necessarily. I think that's a de- that's a decision. I think I think that this the the uh, success was probably good. It goes cool. I'm good. Let's deal with that. I'm, I'm not going to... The world is not set up... Again, like this, the world is not set up to have Laurel Canyon again. It's not going to happen. But can you imagine the the machine behind 
people going, we've got Jacob Dylan. Oh, his album's doing well. It's, like the pressure and the cameo. Okay, we're going to no, do no, this. No. We're going to do because that. Because you know, Bob Dylan. This is because the music industry is completely broken, that won't work. Uh-huh. Why? Because he uses guitars in his songs. Yeah, but he this was a long time ago. When, was the war it, when did the Wallflowers yeah, have success? It's the same It's the same vibe. At the same time, this I think Spears it must have been through. incredibly difficult. I think you're overthinking it. Shut up. I think uh, anyway. there must have been some incredibly <laughs> difficult conversations. One more, one more. Yes. On the Brit Box because we haven't Indeed. done the Brit Box for a while. There's a series called Wild Bill. Mm-hmm. Now, it's about, which obviously makes it sound like a Western. Don't I've say anything. Of this. Don't say anything. Yes. Uh, it makes it sound like a Western. So it's it's not set in the Wild West. It's set in the wild back county somewhere of England. Yes. Uh, where an American cop is brought over. He's yes. completely data-obsessed, stats-obsessed, and he uses data and stats to solve crime rather Who's than getting in. Wait, whoop, whoop. Rather than uh, no, this is the punchline. Don't carry do on. Um, and the point is, he's he's essentially brought in by some guys who need people fired and whatever. And they want some. A, they want a stranger to do it to save the money. Right. And it's really not a healthy setup. Now, to trim the fat. It's a six-part series. It's kind of the whole thing feels like a bit like a pilot. You know, let's let's see if this will work. What what makes it work? If you're a fan, but I think also in general is that Bill is Rob Lowe. Ah. So again, he just hasn't been in anything for ages as a as as an actor, as a lead, but particularly as a lead actor. Um, you know, he's done those specials and whatever, but that's as Rob Lowe with his yeah. whole gimmick. Because that was his job in Parks and Rec as well. He yeah. came into the to the Parks Department with his assistant to as a yeah. <laughs> so here uh, getting touch past. Yeah. So no. um, So again, here he's a really very much in every way a fish out of water, um, but but because he's Rob Lowe, there is the charm. And, he, and he's allowed to be, as the character, he's allowed to be Rob Lowe, uh, but not to a stupid degree. So it's, it's kind of, it's one of those many, you know, British, British crime dramas can be incredibly dark and, and brutal. Yeah. Or there is that other kind where it, it's good, but it's kind of also kind of anti-BBC. Um, we're not going to, no, yeah. but you know what I mean? Yeah, we're yeah. not going to make it too gross and and real right um, that's it there, I mean what's, this gritty, is what's interesting about the thing there, there are some very dark threads and, and they kind of have set up a lot of stuff which would, could make very interesting viewing in the second one it's not dark enough um, or real enough to take that uh, you know like a special victims unit or something yeah in, spooks it, so it's, it's, it's kind of in a, in a bit of a no man's land there but I think as, as, a, as a concept it works and I think because because this is Rob Lowe again um, there is there is this appeal, and it's, it's interesting. Again, we've had the conversation regularly about can you look past the actor, the performer, yeah. um, and and actually get on with the show. And here you you can, but you also want to see this guy because of his his brand. And this can work yeah. quite well. There've been a, f- a couple of shows where it's a British show that they've brought in the American playing yeah. an American. I remember um, who was Jude Law's girlfriend. What was her name? Sienna Miller. Sienna Miller. The first show that I ever saw Sienna Miller on was a TV show um, about an American cop that came in and and she was uh, kind of the love interest, Sienna Miller, before she became famous. Uh, and the guy, the American cop who came in was also the guy who, who was the cop in Fringe, the guy who died. He was the boyfriend of the okay. main character, Anna Sorv or whatever her name was. I can't remember his name right now or whatever. But he played this American cop that came in. And, of course, Ted Lasso is the, yes, the yes, most yes, recent yeah, yeah. example of this. That it can actually work very, very well. I can imagine it's quite fraught. I don't know that it would really fraught. just... Fraught. Okay. Would yes. just work. <laughs> but I think it, it has worked really well 
in some there's something about if you can get it right that that brilliant witty quick British self-deprecating humor and then this sort of slapsticky kind of not slapsticky but this American personality yes. comes in and works quite nicely so that's that's nice to hear okay. it is yeah so again it's it's I think it's the kind of thing when you're not you don't want to invest too much and and have your heart ripped out and you know like yeah. like a special victims unit or something that's just or have your brain work too hard frankly like a you know west winger or whatever um which Rob Lowe was in yes. um but you know it's one of those kind it's kind of comfort viewing it challenges you enough but not too much great um and it's yeah it's it's first episode from what i'm seeing online it might not make a second one but it's uh i think worth watch worth a watch now so brit box have a look at that that's it's a visual gag i'm sharing here (laughs) listener but it's very funny anyway right um, right dear listener or listeners depending um Thank you very much Certainly for listening Kurt. to our podcast. Yeah. Uh, I hope Kurt's listening. Love your guitar. Uh, very nice guitar. Um, thanks, guys. You can find us at the usual places. Um, Please go to the Facebook. Our uh, preferred the podcast. Our preferred Stephen method of Dino. yeah of of um, thingy is by word of <laughs> mouth. So tell your friends if you like the podcast. Uh, if you hate thingy, job. if you hate the podcast, don't do anything. Yeah, if you like it, up. tell someone. Uh, if you are at any way. Um, Ofay with social media's algorithms, you can do all the things that will help us algorithmically. Yes. As Thank you, you can tell, we're not terribly invested in, in no, 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 but Can't because be because you know just the whole let's make our lives about a brand thing is frankly mm, yeah anathema to us. Um, but yes, we are also do keep in mind we are supporting artists here, and that is literally the main reason we're doing this. Indeed. So if you give a toss, uh, do help us do that. If you don't, you're a terrible, terrible person. And yeah. uh, may the fleas of a thousand camels, etc. Uh, yes. We are looking for sponsorship uh, coffee-wise because certain coffee brands have up yes. their prices. Coffee, um, whiskey, Coffee, guitars. whiskey and guitars are, are all up those are all Those are all tied at number one. Yeah. So coffee, whiskey, money guitars, books. at number two. But yeah. Very good. Give well a, done, everybody. Us, Thank you things. for listening to another episode of the... Stefan has survived. The poorest um, cold not. mask. Yeah, my uh, anti-inflammatory is kicked in at about Woo-hoo. 10 minutes in, so my chest now is feeling his breast. slightly better. We'll see how that goes. Slightly around. <laughs> oh, shut up. Shut Jack. up, dogs. On that note, good day. Good day, sir. <laughs>